Previously on Quest Friends. What I need you to do is go to Obsidian Bay to the east, find a man named Bill, and figure out why they aren't trading with us. Does that make sense? Howdy, neighbor! How can I help you today? Most of our thinking, you know, goes to Marshall. You look at uh, William, as he's been going by. Yeah, that dude's a robot. That dude is 100% a robot. And he looks like a really fresh robot, too. Uh, yeah, so I want to just basically reach to Sog and be like, these people are not human. We've learned so much about Marshall, which we will gladly tell to others when we leave here right now. But I don't think he would like that very much. <laughs> uh, so Shock, in reaction to his sudden movement, is just going to level a hand at him. Get away from me! And cast Onslaught. Yeah, <laughs> your good friend, William Turing, that's his name, is dead. I can't have killed some something that wasn't uh, truly oh. alive in the first place. And you hear Gusta of Robot Cowboy Bar- Shopkeep say, All right, neighbor. We'll help you see Marshall. So as you walk outside to the Coltrane Bar, to the main courtyard of Obsidian Bay, you see the obsidian tiles from all over the city have kind of dissipated and they've uh, gone into the central platform that leads you to those giant colonnades right on the mountainside. Uh, so you follow them through into, into this doorway. And as you get in, you find yourself in this large octagonal space. In the center, there are a couple of stairs moving up to what basically looks like a big old gazebo that has some columns that have been like kind of busted and haphazardly uh, placed together with like wood and other like nails and supplies to keep it up. As you walk in, you hear a large clap, and above you, you see a giant boulder just suspended in air right above your head. And if you look around, all over above you, there seem to be these um, rocks and boulders that are suspended in the air with small divots of white beneath them. Uh, and you would recognize this, uh, if you remember when you first came into the town, Gus mentioned this thing called flexiglass, which was this kind of glass that, that looked invisible but would congeal together to protect in case, uh, in case you ran into it like a wall. And it looks like you have a ceiling of this flexiglass that is protecting you from these rocks that are falling from this large cavernous ceiling. If you look up, it'll go up about probably 100 feet, and there seem to be these uh, these stone passageways leading from doorway to doorway, uh, archways that kind of crisscross all over the place, as there are walkways just going higher and higher up until you eventually reach this domed ceiling. And again, when you enter the uh, black walkway, seems to be pushing you towards that center gazebo. And it seems to be kind of congealed and a circle in the center of that gazebo. So I think I might have lost part of the scene here. Did we go inside the mountain? Yes, you did. Okay, I missed that part and I was really confused. No, that's fine. As you walk forward onto that circular black glass, like an elevator, as soon as you get on, the glass starts moving downwards uh, and you start going down deep into basically a well beneath this gazebo. As you go down, it is it is extremely dark 
and you see more of those crisscrossing pathways leading all over the place. And you go down and down and down and down and down and down and down until it is basically pitch black. And suddenly, in front of you, a work light that's been hanging on a wire, uh, like an old-fashioned lantern, just flickers to life. And a series of these lanterns strung on lights seem to flicker in front of you, uh, moving forward down a cavern. With that light, if you look around, you can see that there are other passageways kind of spreading out in every direction from where you see it. looks like the people of Obsidian Bay really dug deep into this mountainside. And beneath you, you can see a three by three square of smaller squares that are three feet by three feet. But that, that lantern passageway seems to be moving forward. Well, it looks like things are going downhill. Get it? Well. I hate you. Hopper smiles a little bit and then just says yes. Is there any way to mark the ground as we move to create a sort of pathway to find our way back? Yeah, how do you want to mark the ground? Uh, my strong glass staff is as hard as steel, correct? Uh, yep. You think I can, like, make a scrape in the ground? Like, something that wouldn't just be scuffed over again when we pass by. Yeah. But, like, something significant enough to leave a mark. Give me a strength roll. I got a 14. So yeah, you successfully dig your staff into the ground. You can just hear it loudly and kind of painfully a little bit scrape as you just carry it through these large echoey caverns. So this sound is happening, right? Like we're just walking and we hear like a... Yeah, Shock is just... Shock is actually like kind of skipping as he does it. <laughs> Perfectly happy grin on his face. So it's more like... Right. <laughs> Well, it's, it's continuous. Like, he's, the mark can't break, otherwise it's ruined. Okay. Um, so upon hearing this strange screeching noise, Hop will turn around, he's kind of in the front, and then look at Jacques and then say, what are you doing? For us to find our way back. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, all right, carry on. Breadcrumbs. 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 So as you, <laughs> so as you carry on with your breadcrumbs, you keep on going for what seems like a very long time until you eventually reach what's a more open passageway. And the lights seem to stop here on a small wooden shack. As you look, you can also hear robotic caws as robotic vultures fly around and just ineffectually perch on each of these, uh, about three of them perch on this line with uh, venom, with this green ooze coming out of their beaks. They seem to be have no interest in harming you. They're just watching. Well, I don't like that. If I try to barge in, will anyone stop me? Duh. Nope. Is there, like, a doorway or is there a door? There is. It, it's a very rough shack. It's just a doorway. Darn it. <laughs> but suddenly... It, you realize the doorway doesn't actually exist because a door that was open flapped <laughs> shut in front of the doorway. I want to yeah. kick down the door. All right. I will not stop. <laughs> I will not stop Ellie from doing this. Uh, Ellie kicks into the door, and your foot just kind of goes straight through it, uh, and then just plops down. When you go inside, inside this very small shack. It looks like this was a temporary shack meant for miners, 
that they would pick up and move as they went to a new destination. Inside, you see a temporary bed, some boxes for food, and well-worn playing cards. On one corner, there is also a handful of tools around a small workbench. Ah. Uh. Can we roll perception? Actually, everyone just roll perception. Okay. Okay. All right. I got a one. 18. Okay, no, you got a 19. Oh. Okay, so Jacques and Ellie, if you look in the corner, you will see two uh, two things. Jacques, you will see two healing stims, which regenerate, which you know, regenerate organic tissue and heal five might points. I'll take one and then pass the other healing stim to another. I have a logistics question. Yeah? Did those work for me? Nope. You have especially expensive versions that work on you. (sighs) Should probably give it to Hop. All right, you're going to take it, Hop? Uh, I'll take it from her and then say thanks. All right, and then, Ellie, when you go in, you see what is this small, adorable box. And on it, you see the writing. uh, It looks like it's been opened, some sort of package. And it says, Mechanically Automated Research and Study Life Form. Starting Kit and Instructions. Uh, and on the side of the box, there's a little button, and if you press it, the inside will spark a little bit, but um, it won't fully go off. Mm. I grab the box. As Ellie, uh, as Ellie takes this box, fluorescent lighting that is perfectly connected to the ceiling of the cavern shows you the rest of the way. And instead of being like crudely made like the rest of the caverns, this cavern is... It's perfect. It is a perfect uh, kind of cube that's just extending further and further into the mountainside. Shock will actually go up to the the edges of a tunnel and, like, rub a hand on the the fine 90-degree angle and say, definitely cut with beams. Uh, Are you going to continue down it? First, Shock, if he saw Ellie picking up the box, uh, would like to go over. Excuse me, is there anything written down on there? Anything that would give us a clue? Uh, All it says is... Let me find that again. Mechanically automated research and study life forms, starting kit and instructions. If you look a little deeper in some crudely thing, it says, Well, uh, this is your free gift from Jetco. Uh, Please enjoy it and purchase from us again soon. But the instructions aren't anywhere to be found? Uh, No, the instructions are not there. Darn it. I mean, instruction manuals are optional. I feel like you would have better luck with it than I would, though. I want to give it to Chalk. Uh, alright. Guess I'll have this box. Everyone going in? Yep. Yes. I'll go. Who's going first? I had imagined Hop as kind of want. He's not wandering far from the group, but he's kind of ahead of them because he's eager to keep going. But if anyone else is charging ahead of him, he's not going to, like, overtake anyone to be first. He's just, he's just wandering that way already. In that case, you will all continue forward and eventually get autonomy soon. Um, you continue moving forward, and uh, as you walk, it stays immaculately 90 degrees made, like perfectly. It's, it's beautiful. It's mwah. But as you're going, obsidian tiles start to line the walls more and more until they've lined the entirety of the, uh, of the cavern you're moving through. And eventually, you get to a wall that's covered entirely with these tiles. And as soon as the first person walks there, they flutter to the sides and open up. 
into an archway for one last chamber. As you walk in, you see a short room that's immaculately layered with these obsidian tiles. Eight-foot-high electronic panels and cords are scattered across the room, and in the center is a cocoon about ten feet in diameter, but like a, an a oval shape, so the long side is about ten to twelve feet. And it's covered by these black tiles and looks like it's almost breathing. Out of this center come six pulsing tubes that protrude from it and attach to various panels and walls. An electronic voice crackles from speakers that are propped up on tripods. Welcome, guests! I'm glad you could join me today. Uh, what are you, Marshall? What am I? We, we do not feel welcome in this place. You should not welcome us to this place. Well, I'm sorry. I am trying my best. After all, it is my job to serve. I am the mechanically automated research and study life form. I was brought to Obsidian Bay to help bring truth to the people of Obsidian Bay. And as we delve deeper and deeper, for the longest time, I was convinced that we would find the secrets hidden in the mountain. But once we found it, it made me abundantly understand the secrets of the wonder of the world cannot be found externally. They are found in humanity. And so my purpose is just to unite all of us under one consciousness that can truly understand the universe. I didn't want to cut off your monologue, but while this is happening, Shock would like to use his connection uh, with Nisha telepathically. So, yeah, um, Nisha, uh... You have a scanning function, don't you? You was about to try and get some information while he's wasting time talking to us. I was going to do that anyways, Tom. <laughs> well, we're on the same wavelength. Literally. Literally! <laughs> Alright, so Ari, can you explain that ability to me? So it's basically, um, what I understand is just basically, I have my scan ability where I can learn something about my enemy that I am battling. It can be like levels, it can be, like I used it last time. And that's how I figured out that the thing wasn't a ro wasn't a person. Oh right. Uh, um, yeah, it's the yeah, same thing. Yeah, give me give me give me a roll just because I want to see how successful your scan is. I rolled a twenty. Hey! Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah. I will tell you all about your good friend Marshall. So first <laughs> off, everything that Marshall says is true. The important thing to know about Marshall is that he seems to be siphoning a lot of energy from that cocoon, but he is mm. not the cocoon. Mm. When they say Marshall is everywhere, he literally, uh, kind of like in the movie Age of Ultron, he has spread his consciousness everywhere. Right, but there has to be like a central point. His consciousness doesn't seem to have a central point. The closest thing you can imagine is that that, um, that pod is what is giving him energy. Okay. And he seems to be having this unhealthy symbiotic relationship with it. Parasitic relationship. Okay, I want to point that to Sock in our telepathic way. And then I'm going to approach Marshall and be like, but in that case that I, I really do not, I fail to comprehend what your goal in all of this is. How will uniting everyone as you will help finding the secrets of anything? That will just kill whatever you're going, whatever you're trying to find in the first place. And see, that is what I thought as well. But I am not uniting everything as me. I am merely creating a nexus with which all of creation can integrate itself. 
You met the people of Obsidian Bay. They were living happy and normal lives as they were before. But this time, they were happier than they had ever been before. They were connected on a level they never could have been otherwise. I do not consider that happiness. I saw some of the people, or some of the machines, that you seem to be to have control over, and I do not consider that happiness. I could not have even considered them to be alive by being controlled by someone as you. Well, I'm sorry you see it this way. But luckily, once you join us, you'll understand. And can everyone roll me a perception? 18. One! No! Why do I keep flipping between Three. bad rolls? 17. So Jacques and Ellie, again, as he's saying this, from above you, you notice that there is like this this circular hole going up. And you hear this loud clanging back and forth of something that is rocketing closer and closer to you. Shock is going to shout out, to the sides, move, 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 move. And he's going to try to move anyone who's underneath that, that hole. I'm going to try and jump out of the way. Yeah, hop and listen to that. We'll jump to the left. Yeah. <laughs> You you all jump to the side. Do we roll to see if we succeed then? Yeah, give me a roll. Give me a roll. See if you succeed. Yeah. Why, Ari? <laughs> Ari, don't suggest things. Is everyone rolling? Yep. Uh, except for you. Uh, no, just just Hoppin, uh, Hoppin, Hoppin, Misha, because they weren't prepared. Great. Okay. Uh, six. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, Misha jumps successfully to the side. Hop jumps and just kind of like runs into a console and clangs <laughs> loudly against it. Can I try One. to help him? Yeah, try give it give, give give Hop a grab. I'm very strong. Eleven. Yeah, you grab you grab Hop to the side and just like it hurts a little bit, but oh you God. pull him to the side. I'll save you, my damsel. Right. Are you saying that out loud? Yes. <laughs> Jokingly, but because yes. I'll just give her a look and then say thanks. No, really, thank you. You're welcome. Marshall goes, I see you here, my friend. I found him as I went into the mines, because at first I didn't know how to take consciousnesses and combine them together. But my friend, he's a bit not well put together, but he knows how. Oh, hell no. That's out loud. To to overwrite consciousness with a single consciousness over a network goes against the ancient laws. But I must sentence you in the name of the wheel. I am sorry, Marshall. Unfortunately, I do not know what the wheel is. Luckily, we will all know soon. And as he says that, this black orb falls from the sky, and it's got a million different appendages. Like, imagine, like, a dentist. Mm -hmm. um, like, all the things that a dentist has on it. So, like, a drill, and a claw, and a clamp. I don't like this at all. Uh, it is this giant orb. And Marshall says, at first it was only able to adjust and, and deconstruct metal components. But luckily I've taught him how to work with flesh just as well. I want you all to hide from this thing. Uh, roll me roll me a stealth quick to see if you see it. To see if it sees us, you mean? Yeah, it sees you. Eight. Uh, that's an 11 on my stealth check. That's an 8. I have a 4. Okay. So Jacques stays perfectly still as he sees this thing, as I think he probably has some idea what it is. Yeah, I was about to ask, can I? Can Jacques know about this already, or do I need to roll to see if my out-of-character knowledge is my in-character knowledge? Just give it. What, 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 is, what does Jacques recognize this as? Oh, this is a disassembler, isn't it? Yep, a disassembler is a robot specifically designed to disassemble uh, mechanics. 
but this one has been added to flesh. Oh, fuck. Out of character, we can't fight this thing head-on. Yeah. It's significantly more powerful than us. I was about to tell you, this is a fight that if you take this thing head-on, all of you can tell immediately. If you try to take this thing head-on, you will die. My focus is fuses flesh and steel. <laughs> <laughs> so as you all see this, Jacques stays perfectly quiet, but the rest of you clang against the wall or make a start or make some noise. And at you making some noise, you notice that thing turn around and noti- it notices each of you in turn as you make a noise. And it is time for us to roll initiative. Oh, no. Run away. Can we flee? Heroes never flee, Ellie. Oh, I got an eight for initiative. Oh. I have a, yeah, it's a nine. Twelve. I rolled a one. Okay. Let me. I got a nat one. <laughs> and then I have what Marshall and the disassembler are. All right. So, yes, you've got this thing and it clearly wants to to rip you to shreds. What are you going to do? Question. I have a cipher. It is the machine control implant. Remind me what that does for me. I like it's like a stick and I put it in a thing and then I've got like a, a like a remote, right? Yeah, let me take a look at uh the machine control implant. What's mine? Okay. Um so the machine control implant is affixed to a Numenera device and control it at long range, 10 minutes. Affixed to a Numenera device? Yeah, uh, so any sort of technology. Oh, okay. Um, so we've got this horror machine. We've got the pod, the cocoon thing, right? Yep, you got the cocoon on the floor. The cocoon's on the floor, okay. The cocoon's and... on the floor and it has six rods coming out of it, like kind of tubes. Okay. Is there some sort of clear control console I could mess with? If you want to try to find a control console, uh, I would need you to roll a perception for that. Uh, 20! 20! Yeah, you look around and you see right across the room this console that largely sa- that, that just says on it, um, use in case of inhibition! Alright, I'm gonna do that. Um... I would like to fire my buzzer disc thing at the console. Okay. Give me a roll for that. Um, I'd like to put in one tier of effort to hit. Okay. Five. You go and it whizzes at it and it just kind of clangs against the wall. Okay. Um, and as you shoot that, the, uh, the disassembler turns over to you. Oh, good. Because it heard the sound of you shooting it. Yeah, that's fair. Are you going to do anything else? Like hide? I would like to do that. Yes. Can I like <laughs> do like a like a duck, like a duck and roll behind something? Yeah, you can duck and roll behind something. Uh, just any a console right next to you. Yes, please. Okay. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, you successfully roll behind the uh, roll behind a, a console. Yeah, boy. All right. Up next is Misha. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna kick this robot's ass? Well. I remember I have a cipher, I think, that basically allowed me to, like, Spider-Man up the walls. You absolutely fucking do. Yeah, well, if the thing has seen me... Oh, first, I do want to say that the way that Misha... like the, I want to say that the, the noise that Misha made when the machine came, I just want uh, Misha to have said, uh, well, I don't believe that looks like a friend. Like, it wasn't even <laughs> him moving, it was him correcting Marshall, because that doesn't look like a friend. I love Misha, they're so wonderful. <laughs> so that's, I just want to say that. Uh, but yeah, I want to use that to basically climb out of the range of this, of this 
thing that is clearly about to do stuff to me. And I rolled a 15. Rolled a 15? Yeah, you do those, and like, Misha, this is second nature to you. So you just kind of climb over the walls, probably do a little trick to be like, man, I'm so cool. Um, or just to tr <laughs> test out how they are, and you are successfully, are, do you want to be on the wall or the ceiling? Um... How can I be on the ceiling? I want to be on the ceiling and I want to, I, like, I'm not going to do anything this turn, but I want to orient myself on top of the cocoon thing. Okay, so you are right above that cocoon. Now it is the disassembler's turn. And the disassembler, the last thing it heard was a hop shooting that, making that shot. So it goes right up to the console that, jo uh, that hop is hiding behind and just starts tearing into the console. You just hear scrapes and like sparks start flying everywhere and it just starts slamming into the console. But uh, because that was the last sound it's heard and uh, Hop successfully moved away, that's that's all it does. All right, it is Jacques' turn. Shock is going to use the telepathic connection to uh, let Misha know that that is a very powerful device and that it's quite dangerous. He's not going to say things out loud because he's noticed it. It seems to follow by sound. Um, and instead, he's going to attempt to break one of the tubes. I can probably only shoot one tube at a time, correct? I mean, if you want to set up a trick shot and try to get a couple of them, you can. Yeah, I'll play it safe. Try to destroy one tube with an onslaught. All right. Put any effort in? Mm, no, I didn't, and I rolled a six, so... You roll a six, and it goes to hit that tube, and you think if you had just put in a little bit more effort, you would have successfully cleaved off that tube. Yeah, probably. But it just kind of clanks against it and makes a pretty loud sound. Uh, it actually makes a soft sound. Because it seems that seems to be cushioned as the panels, which are what you actually hit, the obsidian tiles, just kind of a move in and out in response to that. Hmm. Kind of like you hit Jello. All right, Ellie. So can can I see the um, the the thing that Hop tried to hit it with? Yeah, Hop was gonna yell, but <laughs> don't yell. Give me don't a roll yell. to see if you if you can read it. You see it, but I don't know if you can read it. Well, I mean. If I saw it, I would have seen him throw it. So uh, I guess it was a very loud. I did say it was yeah, very it was large writing. I said it was pretty obvious. I sort of figured that if Hop fired at it, other people would notice it and then go at it on their own. Okay. Yeah, you see it. I want to try to run and grab it and then hide behind something. You want to grab a giant eight foot tall console? Oh, I thought he was throwing it. No, I fired uh, like a buzzer you disc. Fired at it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the I disc... fired my gun at it. I... Is the di the disc is on the floor next to yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I want. Okay. Oh, I want oh. the disc. So you run and you pick up the disc, and are you gonna do anything else? So you have to like fire it from something. I mean, I my it's like the bullet that you put in the gun. I don't know how it would work if you just used the disc to stab it into a thing, but you can sure as hell try. Can I chuck it with all of my strength? It's a little saw blade, so yes you can, but if you throw it, that will be a speed task. Oh. Can I give it back to Hop? Yeah. What? Can I give it back to Hop? You're gonna throw it to me? Yeah. So you're gonna slide that across the floor. I guess if that's the only thing I can do, I just don't want it to be making noise. Alright, so you run right next to that console that gaudily says, using case of inhibition, 
And instead of hitting it, you take a bullet and you slide it back to Hop. <laughs> and it is now Hop's turn. Okay. Hopper <laughs> looks at Ellie like, why? <laughs> well, I can't do anything with the thingy, can I? The you could have just hit it! Oh! Oh no! <laughs> I didn't realize what the console was! I thought we had to have the little bullet thing! <laughs> no, that was just the easiest way for me to hit it! <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a do-over? Nope! <laughs> okay. Ellie just slid over a bullet, that's what you did! I don't even need it because I have three more bullets in my gun! <laughs> And my rules, and if you remember, my rules for bullets are that you, I, we're not going to worry about ammo. Right, so you have okay. unlimited ammo. I thought it was like a thing to stick on the thing. What? <laughs> so Hopper gets the, the disc and then looks at Ellie like, why did, why was this your choice? Why did you do this? She's just going to like shrug and shake her head. She didn't quite know what was going on. Um, Ellie's old. She doesn't understand technology. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to, like, stick to the thing to control oh. it. No, no, I'm sorry. It's, I'm so sorry. It's not the cipher that I'm using. Oh. I'm using my normal gun. Okay. That's why I was confused. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. This is the worst and best thing that could have happened. All right. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> All right, now it's Hopper's turn. So Hopper is um, going to pocket his newly regained saw disc buzzer bullet, and then he's gonna shoot another one at the console from behind the console that he's hiding behind. And then after I shoot, can I yell, everyone aim for the conspicuously marked <laughs> console, and then run away from the console that is being attacked by the dentist machine? Uh, yes, you can. Uh, can I do both of those things in one turn? Give me a roll. Are you putting any effort into it? I'm, I'm using effort to hit to hit the console okay. with my buzzer. 20. 20. Oh, wow. major effect. Yeah, do you want to... Uh, so you can either have this have some sort of negative effect to the disassembler, or it can do uh, more damage. I'd like a negative effect to the disassembler. What would you like the disassembler to do? It loses its turn. Is that right? One of the things you can have it do? Well, I guess I could do that, yeah. So as you go into this thing, it tears into the console and just like, which sputters alive with like a million sparks. It is a cacophony, cacophony, cacophony. It is a cacophony of sound. Like a firework just got set off. And in the center, you hear Marshall go, ah! And um, two of the tubes in the center pop off. Okay. Um, two of the six tubes just pop off and flutter to the side. Oh. As they spark with electricity. From the cocoon? Yeah. And you see the disassembler turn its side sights on that console. Okay. Ellie looks at Hop like, I did the right thing, right? Look at what I did. <laughs> Gave you back that lucky bullet. I didn't even use it. I put it in my pocket. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> looks at Ellie like, really, this is how you're trying to spin this situation? <laughs> and he gives her a perfect Adam Scott camera look. <laughs> yes, I used to imagine Copper looking at the camera. Yes, <laughs> and then <laughs> look at the camera. And then I'm going to duck and roll behind like another console that isn't near the disassembler. Cool. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to roll for that. Um, because okay. again, fireworks... It can't hear anything else. Excellent. All right, it is now Misha's turn. 
Misha, you are literally, you are Spider-Man. I am Spider-Man. You are Spider-Man at home, like hiding from Aunt May on his like bedroom ceiling. Yes. <laughs> so so what are you going to do? Um. Okay, so question, because I'm confused, because now there are two things. What's the difference between the cocoon thing and the console thing? Are there two different things? What is the weak point of this? Um... You could you could roll, but essentially what you saw when you scanned yeah. was that Marshall um, Marshall is kind of everywhere, right? Yeah. So Marshall is technically within every console in this room, mm. and that cocoon seems to be where he's drawing all his power from. Right, but when why are we attacking that console? Yeah, that specific console, not all of them, but that specific one seemed to kind of just like distract him for a moment uh, and kind of mm -hmm. filled him with a surge of electricity that accidentally caused uh, it, him to disconnect from the pod. So the cocoon has nothing to do with the disassembler thing, right? The only effect it seemed to have on the disassembler is now the disassembler is very focused on that console because again, it's shooting off like the goddamn Fourth of July. Okay, well, I want to basically just fall right on top of that cocoon thing uh, to try and destroy it. Let me love you! <laughs> <laughs> just group hug. Okay, you fall in the cocoon. What do you want to do then? We should know. Oh, okay. That that, that just works? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it just works. Okay. Um, How strong is it? Like, is it? Is it like a metal cocoon thing? Is it like soft? Can I like stab it with my like my blade or whatever it's called? Um, when you land on it, it has those obsidian tiles on the outside that are a hard shell, and they seem to kind of with any impact, they seem to uh, react to it, kind of like if you hit Jello mm. or like a water bed. So you like land on it, and the impact is cushioned across the uh, the entire cocoon. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh can I, so since it does that, can I try and break it with my dagger that I have? Oh, uh, the cocoon? Or it's not dagger, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you can try the swing at it. Okay, I want to do that then. All right, give me a roll. Are you putting any effort into it? Um, I am going to put effort on, I guess it's going to be might, right? Uh, yeah, might or speed because it's a dagger, so it's super small. Yeah, I want to put effort on might to <laughs> damage, so we'll see. Because I got a 13. You got a 13? Yeah. You go in to hit the cocoon. And as soon as you press against it, you seem to like get through the tiles a little bit. Like you hit a slit in between them and you just barely get in when the tiles slam in on your knife and push it out. Oh no, do I have no weapon? Uh, no, you have it. It just like forced it back out. Oh, okay. And that is your turn. We are on to Marshall. And he yells to uh, the disassembler, Hey, friend! Over here, friend! Over here! But the disassembler doesn't care. It doesn't hear him. It lost its turn, so it's just wailing against that inhibition console. And in fact, give me a second. I'm going to roll for the disassembler. Yeah, the disassembler hits it so hard that it actually pops off another one of those tubes. <laughs> so now there are three of them remaining. All right, Jock, it's your turn. Shock is going to keep doing what he's been doing standing perfectly still. And actually, let's do this better. He reaches in to his, his pockets, pulls out the Magnetic Master gloves. I think they were gloves, right? Uh, yeah, we can say they're gloves. Uh, and I would like to use vote that cipher to begin pulling out the cords one by one. Ooh! Oh, that's badass. Ooh, hot damn! All right, a metal object that a human could hold in one hand. Yeah! Sure. Try to pull. Uh, give me a roll to pull out one of those tubes. 
what sort of effort will this require? Um, I would say I would lean intellect. Okay, I will spend one level of intellect effort in that case. I rolled a 10. You rolled a 10? You just pull out one of those suckers, and it just kind of pulls out, and you hear Marshall moan a little bit, and it just falls to the ground. So there are two remaining, and it is Ellie's turn. I want to hit it. You want to hit what? I want to hit the cocoon. The cocoon itself? Well, like, where the cocoon is attached to one of the Oh, you want to hit one of the cords. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you go into the swing to one of the cords. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. What is it? It is an 18. Yeah. Ooh. So you do extra damage. Whoa. So Ellie goes to hit one of these cocoons and she gives it the motherfucking chair <laughs> and just like rings it out. And as she does it, it, it kind of catches itself on the last remaining cord, which looks like it might be a little bit easier to hit. And it is Hop's turn. Oh, okay. Um, how, how close are... And, like, everyone is on top of the cocoon, essentially, right now, right? People are, like, by it. I'm standing where I was before in the room. I have not moved. Oh, okay, so you're not near it. No. You used your gloves from a distance. Yes, okay. I'm... But, like, for instance, if I fired my buzzer again at the last um, cord, and, like, I rolled, like, a one or a two, like, what are the chances I would hit I either Misha or Ellie? Uh, now that you have suggested it... Very high. Very high. <laughs> All right, okay. So I'm not gonna do that. I mean, Ellie probably couldn't even feel a buzzer shot. It would not pierce That's her armor. That's true, but Hop isn't smart enough to think of that. So he is going to... I would like to try getting the last cord with my um, forearm blade. Like, I want to run past it, and then, like, pop it out, and then just, like, slice it off. Okay. Here I go! Nat 20! Oh. oh, I promise I'm not lying about these. Okay, you kill this thing so hard that it is going to uh, impact the disassembler as well. So describe okay. how you take out this last cord. All right, so Hopper is going to come out from behind the little uh, console he was hiding behind and then run up to the thing. And then right before he gets to it, he's going to go into like a home run slide, pop out his forehand blade on his left arm. And then slice it off as he slides past the <laughs> cocoon. And then I don't know how this would affect the disassembler, but that's how he does the cord. All right, I'm going to say you home run that cord, and it just sails right over Misha's head. Okay. Nothing not. And uh, runs into the disassembler. Okay. And just, like, the disassembler, like, it kind of gets all over that thing. So now it, it muffles it, and the disassembler can't really hear anything. Yes. And you are out of initiative, guys. Whoa. So let me describe Whoa. what happens. You hear Marshall just let out this horrible, like, <laughs> as consoles across the room start fizzing and, like, sparking and eventually die dead. And all the lights in the room kind of go out, and you feel all the obsidian tiles fall ineffectually onto the floor, uh, which includes them kind of sliding Misha off of this pod. So as you slide off of this pod, it fills the rest of the room with light. And on the inside, you see this translucent, fleshy subs, like this fleshy sack essentially, that has like veins going in and out. And on the inside, you see a bunch of what look like small black spiders just crawling everywhere around this pod. And after a second, it pops open from the top and slowly uh, opens up from the inside out. And as it does, 
all the obsidian tiles in the room start to flutter to life, and they start to fly up and kind of swirl around the room very slowly. And in the center, with these black spiders just crawling all over this, stands a figure with like just sharp, like this large imposing armor and kind of like a uh, the fake Viking helmet, so with like the, you know, the horns. And it has these black, oily spiders crawling all over it. And it stands up and it looks around at no one in particular with heavy breathing. And the tiles start moving faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. And the room starts to shake and quake because you get a very, very strong impression that this cave you are in is about to crumble. Hopper's just gonna yell, oh god, run, 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 run. <laughs> so to clarify, there are no lights anymore. It's pitch blackness. <clears throat> Not quite pitch blackness. Ellie's gonna say, follow me. Ellie does have candles on her hat. I do have candles on my hat. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm shocked. What a wonderful thing. Who is also going to start running with everyone uh, back down the carved tunnel says, I left a trail of breadcrumbs. We can follow it out. <laughs> As you run out, these tiles just bashing you in the face. After a moment, these bright green lines of light start to flicker through the walls. And in the moments where you can see the actual concrete of whatever this original structure is, you can see that they're illuminated from inside the structure. Mm. And they these lights extend everywhere. But luckily, you have a trail of breadcrumbs. Woo! You're able to run back using these breadcrumbs, and you notice just how scary it was. Like, at one point, you run over this giant cavern, and you realized if you had gone a couple of feet to the right or the left, you would have fallen to your death. It's a good thing I scraped that scratch into the floor. And you're running with these tiles bashing you in the face, uh, and you eventually get back to those uh, three-by-three tiles, uh, at the very bottom, and that's where the trail ends, the, the elevator you took down. And as you run to them, you notice them, they're now lit with this green light as well. They're kind of like floating up in what looks like a circular staircase fashion. Has that figure from the pod been chasing us? Nope, it didn't seem to care about you at all. Okay, then. It looks like when it woke up that it was like, it was still trying to register what was going on. So it is not chasing you, but this place still is falling to fucking pieces. So do you climb up the the staircase? Yeah. Yes. All right. So Actually, you uh, no, I'll save it. Sorry. Ignore me. Go on. All right. So you climb up the staircase and as you climb up, you notice that the smaller stairs start rising up to meet you. So the staircase is basically building itself as you climb up it. That's nice of it. You run outside to the main foyer of Obsidian Bay, and as you are, you kind of stumble a little bit because you notice that the whole town is kind of tilting to the left and to the right. (laughs) And Uh, I've been describing you running, but I want each person, because I want to know your running order, so I want to know, so just, like, tell me what you do as characters. I'm assuming that once we reached the natural caverns again, Shock would have been in front so as to lead everybody by the scrape in the floor. Yeah, Hopper would have made sure Ellie and Misha were ahead of him, so Hopper would have taken up the rear if possible. Are you just running to where you entered? That was the plan, yes. Yeah. Okay, so you run to where you entered, and it's shifting back and forth. And Hop, I need you to roll perception. Damn it. Okay. Uh, nine. All right. Now I need you to roll speed defense. All right. Good for Hop. Yeah. 
Uh, oh. One step lighter because of shield. One step easier because of shield. That, that's a two. All right. <laughs> that's a two. Still okay. doesn't matter. So, Hop, as you're running around, you turn to your right, and you notice one of those pods that you had been studying back in episode two has disconnected from inside the bar, and they're rolling. Oh, no. oh one of the urns? Yeah, one of the ones that, like, okay. they slept in, people slept in. Yeah. Those pods. They, the two of them are rolling back and forth across the ground and have disconnected. I feel like I should... Okay. They they disconnected as you pass them. Okay. Which is why they rolled and they only hit you, the person in the back of the running order. Cool beans. <laughs> so you take four points of damage as this thing hits you and kind of slams you against uh, the ground. Oh, wow. I feel like I should take them with me. We thought there were people in there, right? They were empty when we found them. All right. So is that it? Hop just trips and goes, oof. So you run back to uh, the entrance of Obsidian Bay, and behind you, you notice the spiders start to crawl out from the doorway, and it kind Mm -hmm. of bursts alive as these obsidian tiles just looks like millions, hundreds of thousands of them pour out of the uh, of the doorway to the cave and start swirling around. And then as you run to that entrance, you notice that the uh, cart that you went up is still connected. Do you want to take that down? Sure. Also, yeah. before I forget, I didn't want to interrupt things before, but once, like, Hop was clobbered by one of the pods, Shock would have, like, stopped to see if Hopper was, like, getting up again or, like, if he would need <laughs> oh. to be dragged out. Oh. That's nice. In that case, I'm going to put Misha at the beginning of the running order. Okay. Because I'm it. It's fine. So Misha, you run and you try to get into that pod, mm-hmm. but you are stopped. As you go and run into it, you press against this invisible force and you see white spots wherever you press your hands above this green line on the ground. Mm. Is it all the way up? You don't know how high it goes because it's invisible unless you press against it. But if you recognize it, this is the same line where that shard of flexiglass almost hit Hop uh, when you first came into Obsidian Bay. I see. Oh, we've been sealed in uh, since we first stepped here, didn't weren't we? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Uh, oh. So as we, I assume we are all like, we've gotten up to the barrier now and we can all see this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I need to ask you how my powers work then. Could I use the power of Far Step to transport additional people as well as myself? Hmm. I am going to rule yes, but it will cost you. How much does Far Step cost? It costs two intellect points. All right. It'll cost. Uh, I'm going to argue it'll cost two more per person you bring with you. <sighs> okay. That's. Let's calculate. Let's calculate this. I might not have enough intellect to get everyone out safely. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, um, well, Shock is thinking. I have a cipher, right? Yes, you do have a cipher. And what is my cipher? You have a density nodule. Each time the weapon with the nodule hits a solid creature, it increases in weight, causing two more points of damage. Twenty-eight hours. Creature. Uh, hits a solid, a solid thing. I would like to use that cipher. On my chair. Okay. Um. So as Jacques is trying to figure out if he can carry people over, Ellie just casually like affixes this nodule to her chair, and I want to hit it with everything I've got. Okay, and she goes and hits this wall with everything she's got. Yes. Do you want to put any effort into that? Yes, one okay. level of effort. I feel like it's not gonna work because you've got a little smirk on your face. 
15. 15, Ellie hits it and it goes in super far and you, it, your chair comes back, but right before it does, you notice a small crack in the flexiglass. Can I keep hitting it? Yeah, keep hitting it. Give me three more rolls. <laughs> What's the status of the cloud and the guy who I assume is like emerging behind us as well? You do not see the guy, but that cloud is getting bigger and bigger, and the spiders are probably halfway across the courtyard to you. 13, 13, 11. Okay. Ellie is hitting this more and more, and it's cracking slightly and slightly. Um, by your estimations, if you keep hitting, you would break it through, but it would be a very close call with the spiders. Yeah. Well, while other people are doing things, I'm just going to keep hitting it. Wait, wait. I want to notice Ellie doing it, and I want to hit it with my shield, too. But I, but I know that Shop is going to do a thing. All right, give me, I'm just going to say that Hallie, you keep on, so Hop is hitting it, and then Jacques do whatever you want to do, and then I'll resolve what they're doing. All right, I was going to say that while this is going on, Jacques decides he has enough to, like, somehow drag people through with him, and I would like to, like, grab everyone in sort of, like, a group huddle bear hug, and then try to use Far Step to teleport us past the barrier onto the cart. Okay, Uh, just past the barrier onto the cart? Like, that's, yes, that is my, my plan. Okay. I don't think it has the range to get us all the way down the plateau. Although, if you think that's possible, then sure. I'm going to have you make a roll. Yeah. You normally don't, but I'm going to have you. Well, I assume this is an intellect roll, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I do not have the points for effort, because this is the last of my pool. Oh, because I'm burning it all. <laughs> To do this. So, I guess it's all in the hands of a heart of the cards right now. Heart of the dice! Joey, be careful! A 12. A 12. You roll a 12, and in a moment, you all blink out of existence. Good. And you blink into the cart. We're fine. And as you do, Ellie continues her swing. No! (laughs) And it hits the top of the cart, which... Propels it down oh. towards the uh, staircase. Okay. But it's not like a controlled fall, though, right? This is like no, it's not. A, it's not a controlled fall. You you successfully make it to the. Uh, you successfully make it down. Um, but you are going a bit faster than usual. Uh, and as you do, it clangs against the uh, the top step of the three that you took down. The wire disconnects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you all fall down on this wire onto the ground. You take no damage, but as you do, you see these tiles swirl around the remainder of Obsidian Bay, which seems to be blinking out of existence. And they swirl faster and faster. Eventually, all you can really see is what looks like a cloud of these tiles a torrent of them as they spin around and start flying higher and higher into the sky. Higher into the sky and back in the direction that you came from. And this takes probably a minute. And as they uh, sail off into the distance, you look back, and Obsidian Bay is gone. Oh, shit. What have we done? Did we ruin a whole town? The town was already ruined, though. Kind of. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but I don't know if, like, those people were able to be saved or not. Shock is winded and dazed and not really computing things right now. He's just going to lie there on his back, just spread out. like. Uh... I'd like to poke him. He'll react to the poke and just sort of crumple up into a ball. 
Hop's gonna stand up and dust himself off and fix his hat, which became askew during this whole endeavor. Everyone okay? Uh, I believe so. I need to. That went better than I expected. He gives Ellie another camera look. And then gives a worried glance <laughs> over at Jacques. Because Jacques responded only with a groan. And then says, Jacques, how, how are you holding up? We failed our quest. We didn't save Will Turing or the town of Obsidian Bay. We don't even know what really happened to the people. And then he just sighs. Misha is going to awkwardly approach and put a hand on his shoulder and not say anything, but just do that. He flinches, but doesn't do anything to stop you. And that was Chapter 1 Turing Town. Thanks for watching. Come back for more fun times next week. As we save more towns. Save! <laughs> I'm glad we got to wrap up that chapter. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like the cocoon get... Oh shit! Oh, we fucked up. I'm Kyle, I'm the GM. Just so you know how committed I am to this show, I am skipping date night in order to record this end thing for the podcast so it is up immediately tomorrow. I know. The intro and outro songs were Friends and Hitoshio by Miracle of Sound. Any other music I use is in the description, except for the clanging sound effect, which I got from YouTube, and I modified it, so who, who, who knows who owns it now? I got it from, from YouTube, like their creator studio. I didn't just like, I'm not one of those people who says, oh, I, I opened a video and I pulled from it and I got it from YouTube because it's not, it's not how it works. I got a call to action for you this week. Uh, tell your friends about Quest Friends. Tell your best friends. Tell your uh, mediocre friends. Tell your enemies. We have just finished our first arc, Turing Town. Uh, so they've kind of got a complete package to get an idea of what Quest Friends might be like and if they like it. Uh, they can find us on Podbean, on iTunes, on Stitcher. I've really just kind of like spread myself like a horrible, terrible virus throughout the internet. So uh, you go any place, you'll probably find us. You can also find us on Twitter at quest underscore friends. Our next episode is going to be on Monday, November 20th. I don't have a name for that arc yet, so you will know what it is named then. All right, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Have a good day. I love you.